This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Ah, the X-Files. It's true. Yeah, the truth is out there. We've learned that from the X-Files, and we also learned that Gillian Anderson is pretty attractive. But more importantly, the truth is out there. It's kind of hard to believe that anymore, though. We now live in a post-fact world where the truth doesn't really matter anymore. Thankfully, there are some dutiful sleuths left who made Digging for the Truth their mission. Here to analyze some recent fabrications that dupe many is associate editor at Reason.com, Robbie Suave. Robbie, thanks for coming on the program. Thanks for having me. You, let me take you back in time a little bit. December 1st, 2014, 9, 10 a.m. You click publish on a story entitled, Is the UVA Rape Story a Gigantic Hoax? Before we get into the details of the story, tell me about the backlash of just that story getting out there. Yeah, it was uh, not a popular thing to say at the time. Um, I had no idea that this was going to be the defining story of my career for the next few years. Uh, when I wrote it, I just thought, and you know, I didn't think I was making a strong claim. I just, uh, upon rereading the story, thought that uh, you know there were some there were some issues here. There were some reasons for skepticism and doubt. And just uh, expressing them uh, made a lot of people, particularly the kind of feminist leaning left. Uh, very, very upset. I do have to say uh, uh, many of them apologized to me uh, when all was said and done. So I, do, I don't hold grudges. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I was among the first to, uh, to say there's something fishy here. Yeah, you, you're, you really were. And it's, it's a, I mean, we're talking about a story and we'll go through the whole timeline here. But I mean, this is a story where millions of dollars wind up, uh, you know, changing hands. It's a, it's a, it, you know, reputations are destroyed, and I mean, it is really a, a big deal, and 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 it, it really has kind of, it's kind of a, an amazing one because people are so uncomfortable questioning things like this, and we obviously want to be uh, a society that if there is a legitimate um, uh, question of an assault or a terrible crime like this, we want to take it seriously always. However. It was kind of the Hillary Clinton standard that, that they should always be believed. And that is, I think, the part where we go too far. Um, we kind of get this idea that because the accusation of a crime, if true, would be terrible, we don't put on our thinking caps. Right. And this was such a um, specific crime. I mean, it was such a, a incredible thing she ended up alleging to this, uh, to the magazine, to Rolling Stone, that, you know, a number, like nine people had horrifically assaulted her at a specific fraternity on a specific night in question. And, uh, but they had, but what, you know, when we looked at it, they had so little evidence to verify that that had actually happened. And then I don't think, you know, obviously they didn't expect that it would, it would so quickly within days, we would know that she had just completely fabricated this unbelievable story that she had been pretending to be uh, this made up uh, person and had been sending text text messages to a friend she had a crush on pretending she was this guy who who she then said assaulted her and it was just a capacity for for lying unlike uh, kind of anything we 
you know, we're accustomed to normally seeing. And the magazine just totally got taken in by it. They didn't do the very um, easy things they could have done and then that they would have known she was lying before they published it. They didn't interview friends of Jackie's who would have been able to say, hey, wait a minute, that, that didn't happen. We never said that. The things attributed to us, to us in the story uh, are, are, not, are not our words. They, they would have been, but, but the author relied on Jackie's, um, on, on Jackie's testimony that, no, my friends don't want to talk to you. Um, she was the single source for the whole thing. I think that's really what it comes down to, just relying on a single person and not, not even trying to verify. Even if, even if you're inclined to believe them and you're showing them uh, sympathy and sensitivity, um, it, it's, it's the believe all victims there was no verification made for journalism, for a, for a, for a project of journalism. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think it, a lot of people get sucked into this. We've seen this with sort of the fake news controversy that sprung up from the election and that people just tend to believe stories immediately if they verify their worldview. And I think Rolling Stone's worldview going into this is that there's a huge campus rape problem. Nobody on campus cares about it. The administration doesn't care about it. And so they went into it with this idea, essentially to find someone who proved that point. And when you kind of reverse engineer a story like that, you can really get yourself into a lot of problems. Um, you, well, and you, nothing, go ahead. Yeah. I was just to say, nothing is more emblematic of that than the fact that even after they knew the story was false, even after the author sent an email saying, we must do a full retraction, Jackie, is, it's clear to me she lied, mm. they didn't take it down. And to this day, <laughs> even in the, the trial the publisher says it, it was a mistake to, to retract it because the story is true enough. The spirit it's trying to capture, the message it's trying to send, the broader narrative is true, just not, just not Jackie's part of it, which is, of course, which is, of course, ridiculous. The whole thing falls apart without that narrative. Of, but, co- uh, of course. I, I, and it was interesting. The, uh, you caught one of the first details that really started to make it uh, questionable to me initially which was the article, uh, I think it was the Washington Post did an article, and they did it, they presented it in a way of, you don't believe the amount of research they did to verify the story. Going back to look at her, her, her career history as a lifeguard, and they went way back and, and made it seem like they had done all this research. Um, but, but they sort of disclosed that when asked about whether she knew who these attackers were, she would not verify that she knew. You wrote this. I have no reason to believe uh, the author, and I understand why she would choose not to disclose anyone's identity. But she, but she should be able to confirm that she knows who the attackers are, shouldn't she? Again, we don't have to know who they are, but we should know that she knows. These are very low hurdles to clear for a journalist, and it's why this thing wound up in court, really, is it, isn't it? I mean, because they didn't even cross that very basic barrier. Yeah, exactly. You don't print anonymous allegations against someone who doesn't have the opportunity to defend themselves. Uh, it, it's just kind of a basic rule of journalism. Or you, you have to do some research on your own to, to satisfy uh, a level of certainty that it's true. Uh, you know, I've had, I, I'm a journalist, I write stories. Sometimes, you know, I really believe something, you know, very 99% sure this, this story checks out, but then my editors say, well, but you weren't able to clear this, you know, you weren't able to square this whole, so, so then it doesn't end up getting published. That's how it works. It's frustrating, but this is why, you know, it's a paid, it's not a hobby. It's a, it's a, it's a serious job. And, and I can't, for as much as, as uh, Sabrina Rubin early, for as badly as she screwed up, it's almost the editors are almost even more on the hook from my standpoint that they didn't say, Hey, we just need you to do this, this, and this. 
and then it's all good. And that would have that would have solved the whole. Then you would have known the story was false before it was published. And for that many people to have said, "Yeah, we really like this story. It tells the exact narrative about sexual assault that we that we are inclined to believe, and it'll be you know it'll sell a lot of magazines, I guess." And we'll just ignore these problems. Uh, is inc- it was incredible, and it's it's still incredible that they're not as sorry as you'd think they should be. Yeah, I mean, and they continue to do crappy journalism, honestly. Uh, ever, ever since they have not, there's no, there's not going to be a change at Rolling Stone at this point, I suppose. Um, uh, you wrote in the initial article, if Jackie, you know, the uh, victim, is lying, there's a good chance she will be caught and Early's career ruined. Uh, it was prescient. Uh, you really, uh, you, you kind of called exactly how this thing turned out. And while I wanted to bring you on for many different reasons, one of which uh, probably chiefly was just to just gloat about it because, (laughs) uh, you know, and this is a good gloat because this means probably this attack didn't happen. These things didn't happen. These horrible crimes didn't occur. This is a moment we should all celebrate that we're actually looking into a claim. We find the truth about it and an assault didn't occur. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what I I tweeted it at one of my critics. Like, I'm just I'm happy this didn't happen. We should all be happy this didn't happen. Who's sitting around going, man, that uh, that horrific gang rape of a of a student um, um, it never happened. I'm bummed. Like, it's <laughs> crazy. It, it um, is really where people go though, because they get so invested yeah. in the narrative, um, and and that that is a real problem. So take us forward to the trial now. Um, what did you learn watching the trial as you followed it? Yeah, the trial was uh, really incredible. So she, uh, she obviously, um, uh, Rolling Stone lost. Uh, the, the, it, it was the dean of, of, of students, Nicole Aramo, uh, the UVA dean who was really made out to be the villain of this story. Uh, I mean, aside from the people who did it, she was shown as, as kind of really indifferent to Jackie and other victims of sexual assault. All these quotes attributed to her that she says she never said, and we have every reason to believe she never said. Uh, now, uh, so she sued Rolling Stone and Sabrina Rubin-Erdley, and, uh, and, and she won and it was an, really a, a high legal bar she had to clear because in a previous uh, court a proceeding, they ruled that she was a public figure, which means she had to demonstrate that Rolling Stone uh, was, was not, just, not just defamed her, but was actual malice, that there was so much uh, 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 willful evil involved in the, in the story, so much almost <laughs> deliberate recklessness. Uh, for her to win her case. And she did win her case, uh, largely by saying, look, you left this story up online for months after, <laughs> after the author of it sent an email saying, I, I know this thing is false. Uh, I don't believe Jackie anymore. They left it. And in fact, they sort of republished it online. And that was her argument that like, you know, forget everything that happened before that. At this point, you knew you were, you were defaming me and you didn't do a, a thing about it. And even in trial, they again they didn't think it should be should be retracted. So they were so unapologetic about this horrible mistake they made. I, I mean, I personally, I I have to admit, I felt it was like a little cathartic when she won, yeah. uh, to just you know the, the the jury a jury of 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 your peers got to say they really did wrong by you. This is an egregious uh, egregious uh, violation uh, of of uh, of of the law. Uh, regarding libeling people, which, you know, I'm a free speech enthusiast. I don't think everyone should be sued for saying things that are wrong or, or malicious all the time. This is a really exceptional example of that. And uh, I think they were wise to say that that uh, that she deserved to win. Robbie Suave, uh, Reason.com. We'll talk to you in a couple of years when you've busted over, <laughs> open another big story. Thanks for having me.
individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 